Innovation is in our veins Soon the whole world will know our names Sharing our knowledge and freedom reign We here for the people, you know it's our way Setting foundations is part of the dream It doesn't matter if you're new to the game Listen up now, cause we all gon' say Ugh. Elevate, elevate, elevate Higher, elevate, elevate, elevate Higher, we gon' rise up, we all gon' shine Work through adversity, stay on the grind Elevate, elevate, this is our time Elevate, elevate Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, everyone. It's so great to have you all on one more time. It's your boy, Josh. Reg. Grateful to have you back on with us. Good to be back. Woo! So it's uh, the first show of a new generation out here. I know that last one was bittersweet, though. I have to say, like, Dalton's got big shoes to fill, so... Literally and figuratively. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we were just saying that. We were adjusting the camera and we were like, man, that man's tall. <laughs> <laughs> He's a tall boy. Yeah, but lots to get into today. So we, first off... Nova Scotia data breach, interesting. Two, um, the post results of the fires here in Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. Three, Tim Houston now has to go back and deal with the support staff issues and more things have been coming up online that people have been trying to grill them over. And that's been interesting. And last but not least, people crying about restrictions during the, this, I know. <laughs> during the fires. <laughs> so... Uh, we got some stuff to get into today. We fun. We're putting the dumb back in freedom. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, classic uh, one, classic yeah. one there. Got to get my dad jokes in, you know. <laughs> oh man, but. haven't seen that on Twitter enough. Here we go. So that's what we're gonna get get in today. So grateful to have you with us, Reg, and do this one more time. Let's go, dog. So first off, this data breach stuff. Yeah, those who don't know. A big kind of global data breach happened recently, and Nova, the data that no, the Nova Scotia government has was all compromised. And they haven't really come out and said what exactly was compromised. They just kind of like slow, lightly alluded to everything. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where they actually had the data privacy officer person who is responsible for that years ago saying, we're not secure. We're susceptible to breaches. We're susceptible to uh, like uh, um, I'm like thinking like the hostage shaking for mm. for data, and they came right at and said, "We're yeah, yeah. the ransom." And mm. they're like, "We're we're susceptible to this. Like we need to actually think about how we're digitizing our systems and how we're securing our systems." And they were all like, "Yes, that sounds good." And then nothing happened after that until something happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the classic. Um, I would say it's classic for Nova Scotia, but I'm not gonna, just going to pick on Nova Scotia. It's kind of classic government in general where it's like, we'll uh, try to close the barn doors after the, the horses have escaped. I think it's just classic people, honestly. Yeah, like, you're right. <laughs> you're right. So I just know there's so many people who are like, oh, you know, I wish I would have done that earlier. And I think that's just what this case is, honestly. Mm-hmm. But uh, it just sucks that it's our personal information that's what's being leaked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the it was funny, the solution or the resolution, I don't say resolution, but the solution that was given out by those uh, who are kind of giving briefings on this was, hey, now there's probably going to be an uptick in the amount of phishing attempts. That's, mm. And they're going to be accurate in what they're going to try and get from you. So they're going to look even more real so keep an eye out. That's kind of what they told the Nova Scotian citizens. Yeah, and the worst part is that you know who's the most susceptible to that is our our older populations who are yeah. not as versed on technology mm-hmm. um, that are looking at this going, well, this looks credible, and then it actually being a scam. 
And so I'm wondering like what kind of protections, like what kind of responsibility the government has when they are the ones that cause a breach and they know that their citizens are now more vulnerable to attack. Is there going to be some kind of like uh, almost like insurance for, for citizens where they say, you know, Hey, we know that this is a, a thing that uh, we really should have taken care of. It's unfortunate. We're going to insure, you know, however much money is there so that if you get scammed out of your savings, you're not down and out and it's not on you kind of thing. Right. Because right now it's a lot of cases. It's like if you get scammed and you send your money to God knows where in the world, like it's just your loss. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's. I'll be interested in terms of like, sure, that's an idea. I don't know. There's, there's a debate to be had there. Oh right? yeah. It's just because I think we lose regardless. Like we're screwed regardless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just a lose lose situation. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, okay, sure. Like let's do the insurance thing. But like, where's that money come from? Who's insuring it? Yeah. And then it's like, how are we paying for that? Oh, it's, we're paying for that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like the, I find that sometimes I even do this. I know that a lot of people do this and I'm, bad for it it's like the government's money it's like no 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 our money that we've given power to the government to spend on our behalf so it's like okay (laughs) it's not the canadian way almost though it's kind of what i found is like we we've given so much trust to our government um, that we we essentially view them as like our overlords, like they're there we serve them. Well, it's, it, I would say more of a parental relationship. Yeah, I could say that. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Where it's like you know, Daddy Trudeau's kind of he's going to take care of it all. Don't worry. Right. He, he <laughs> loves he's, me. He's having his midlife crisis buying the Lamborghini right now. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it is it is an interesting mindset. And like I said, I I catch myself often going, oh, the government's spending money. It's like no, the government's spending my money, our money, money that we put in there. So, and I think that when people kind of reframe that conversation using that particular, um, you know, quantifier of our money, it, it changes the conversation. It changes the tone entirely because people can be parted from money when they don't feel connected to it. But when, when you put that identifier as yours or ours, it's a whole different conversation. That's a great point. And I find it's, yeah, it gets personal real quick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and we, and I find that conversation doesn't happen very often because it's always like, well, the government's it's the government's money. Government. Money, well, even when you're talking, about it, it's government spending. Mm. It's like, what is government spending? Government is spending our money. Like you need to have that <laughs> at the end of it. But yeah, well, I'll be interested to pull up the uh, the uh, we'll go move right to the CTV uh, article there. Yeah, and uh, what I found interesting about this was essentially kind of the obviously they kind of sort out what the issue ha- what the issue is what's happening uh they frame it up and then they kind of uh actually it was uh C- the ctv article we're gonna skip the twitter thread here yeah. it's all good um and so what the way they frame it up in terms of the uh the i guess the person who's overseeing and sh- telling us about the data breach they kind of tell us and they go into the depth of like what to look out for what's been going on they frame it up so if we go scroll to the top there. Yeah. Ooh. You do the you got the track by the opposite way on your computer. Yeah, I yeah, do. 100%. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it says Nova Scotians personal information stolen in global security breach in the province. The Nova Scotia government says it's investigating the theft of personal information stolen through a global privacy breach to a third party file transfer system that the province the province was using. The province has yet to determine what information may have been taken or how many Nova Scotians could be affected by the breach of software company uh, Movilt's products, cybersecurity and digital solutions, Minister Colton LeBlanc said in a Sunday news conference. At this time, staff are manually going through all the files that were assessed to, or accessed to identify what information was stolen and who it belongs to, he said. Until all of this work is complete, we aren't able to say how many Nova Scotians have been impacted. So uh, good luck. I didn't. He didn't say good luck, but yeah. Yeah, I that part of it. <laughs> But I, what I do appreciate there is that you know that this department is like, oh, crap. So it's going to be all hands on deck, manually going through each single one, meticulously trying to figure out what's been taken, what hasn't. So I think that's probably, you know, what their best solution is going to be. It's just going to be we're going to put everything we can at this manpower wise to try and figure it out. But I just I don't know if there's any resolve, though, at the end of it. It's just. It's going to be more, it's just going to be a load of bad news. It is going to be, it's just, like I said, a lose-lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, this is the mobile software made by Burlington, Massachusetts-based company Ipswich allows uh, organizations to transfer files and data between employees, departments, and customers. Progress Software, the parent company of Ipswich, confirmed a vulnerability in its software last week, saying the issue could lead to a potential unauthorized access of user systems and files. But the company notified the province of a critical vulnerability within its system on Thursday, LeBlanc said. The province then took the service offline and installed the security update before bringing it back online Friday, only to be told further investigation was needed. Cybersecurity experts were then called in on Saturday evening. LeBlanc said the investigation gave the province a high degree of confidence that, yes, there has been a breach of personal information. <laughs> yep. Woo, Nova Scotia. Uh, we did not want to wait for all the answers before we told Nova Scotia that we are dealing with it. He said, I know there are questions we can't answer right now because we're still analyzing the full extent. LeBlanc would not say which departments had been using Molvelt or whether he was aware of other provinces or territories affected by the breach. So that's what we're dealing with right now. Yep. And I guess we, it's like they said, we just don't know what we're dealing with until we know. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be days upon days after people have meticulously gone through each file to see what has been accessed and what hasn't so and i think the first thing that goes through at least it goes through my mind i'm sure it's going through many others is like okay when i think of nova scotia government entities i think of older individuals i don't think of younger people so i would then ask you because someone who's worked within the system do you have confidence in the entities who are dealing with all this tech, these tech issues, that they'll they'll get to the bottom of it. Um, because I I've worked with like people of varying ages, so I don't think, like I think your politicians themselves, um, that are actually like public facing are older, obviously, but the individuals actually working within government, like your bureaucrats or your your people behind the desks, they're of all of varying ages. So I I do have confidence that they'll go through things meticulously, and I know that. Um, some of the people that I've worked with that have actually left government and have gone into their own private consulting, they're very detail-oriented individuals, and and that's what they do their whole life, right? They're they're constantly creating um, memos and documents where every word matters. So I think that they definitely have the acuity and and the the diligence to do this well. It's just again, what is the outcome? So we've done this well. We figured out who's affected. We know what is uh, what is affected, what information was taken. It's just like, what is the next step after that? Mm -hmm. I guess it just really depends on what was taken, right? So if you've got addresses, 
um, for people. Like that's one thing. But if you've got like sins or, or health card numbers or things like that, that are really, you know, important, I, I just don't know what you do with that afterwards. Do you call up the individuals and say, Hey, your sin was compromised. Um, unfortunately you'll have to get a new one. <laughs> like that's the, that's the only thing that I think you can do afterwards. I agree. It's the, I think that is the only solution is if that is, if it, it's that bad and that type of breach, then yeah, it's like you have to replace everything. And so I can only imagine from a organization government perspective how much money that would cost be a nightmare not even just the money just the people calling in being like why do you want me to change my sim true <laughs> like we can't even tell people to stay out of the woods let alone tell them like <laughs> you know sorry we had a data breach and all of your information is compromised you have to change everything and you've got people who've probably like memorized this stuff like since time immemorial <laughs> so to tell them now they have to change everything like it's not going to be not going to be pretty it would not want to be that official to have to break that news but it's it's going to keep happening it's it's not something that's isolated in nova scotia it's not isolated to government uh it happens to private organizations all the time uh so yeah it's just it's just a fact of the digital world that we're we're living in but we'll just think about it for a second because it's fun yeah well, we're close to a million people here in nova scotia we're over a million we're over a million now yeah since when? Uh, since, was it January, I think it was? Oh, it's officially we're out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. They had a big party and everything. Oh, look at so. us go. <laughs> okay. Well, just for the sake of round numbers, I'll say a million. And so just say what, even if we're like, we are optimistic, only 20% of people were affected. Mm -hmm. And say that's 20% of like really valuable information that was taken. That's 200,000 people. Oh, yeah. That you have to like reissue things for. And it, like, what's that? And in terms of like man hours, what's that? Like, is it two hours a person, three hours a person? Is it only a half hour a person? Like how much time goes into trying to deal with that per person? Yeah. And how are you contacting that, contacting that person? Are you sending an email and saying like, Hey, sorry, like, you know, cause that's going to take seconds. Or are you manually calling each person on the phone with them being like, we're so sorry, this is what you have to do. And then walking that person step-by-step step through the process of, changing that information right so i imagine it would probably go out in a letter probably yeah <laughs> imagine that now good old snail mail go through this the steps of what you got to do what website you have to go to um where you have to you know submit information to but they're still capture all that they're still going to have to have some kind of like a, a call-in methodology yeah. even if they do the letter or an email you still have to have somebody waiting on the other end of a phone to answer all the questions so yeah not fun. Don't want to be that person. <laughs> Gee. So anyways, those who are in Nova Scotia who just heard about this through the show, uh, sorry to be the very bad news. Uh, secondly, as, as the article said, still to this point, they don't know what's going on. They'll get to the bottom of it. We'll keep obviously tabs on it. We'll be posting on our socials when we get updates. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, just wish, just hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> Your information's okay. <laughs> you, you don't have to get a new sin. <laughs> well, that's all you can do, right? It's just... Plan for the worst, hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you, dude. Oh, I hear you. Well, I guess you know we'll we'll, we'll jump into like the uh, the postpartum, no postpartum, <laughs> postmortem. Yeah, of what's happened with the fires. So at this point, on uh, you know, people are listening to this. This would be on Tuesday. Uh, it would be June sixth at that point. Yep. Um, fires are pretty much contained. 
uh, yeah. for the most part, which is great to see, great well, to hear. Well, after like what I was saying to you, even just driving here, like I said, I'd have to take an arc to get here because there's so much water on the highways. There was a couple of accidents. Actually, it wasn't good. People hydroplaning, but uh, so be careful out there. But all that rain though, like there's no way, there's no way that fire is still still going. I know that like a lot of uh, the ground crews have talked about like fire being underneath um, stumps and roots and, and rocks and things like that and hot coals that can reignite really easily. But with all of this rain we had, like my swimming pool, it's like, it may be like a centimeter from the top. Like it's just about ready to overflow. So <laughs> there's a lot of rain happening. What what level was that at before the rain hit? Oh, it was like below the filter. Like we, oh, wow. we got like a good, maybe like six inches, not six, but like probably, probably close to like three or four inches of rain. That's good. Yeah. We love it. And it's going to continue coming. Yeah. Well, it hasn't stopped. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting all of April's rain in one week. <laughs> Ayo. Yeah, no, it's, it was, uh, so obviously, you know, very destructive for those who lost homes and, uh, that's dealing with the headache with insurance and all that can only imagine that's going to be like, um, and, and then not to mention just the, the memories that are lost and all yeah. that, like that's brutal. Um, but secondly, just happy that it's, you know, looks like it's come to a conclusion, uh, for now and, uh, happy to, happy to see that. Uh, but the, it was interesting kind of the, the issues that came about during yeah before we jump into that though mm -hmm. i don't know if you saw but um there was actually a video that went out from one of the local halifax realtors talking about the fact that if you are buying in any of the areas that um, was affected by the fire or the, ev the evacuation area uh, if you're set to close in june to make sure you talk to your realtor and talk to your lender and talk to your um your insurance uh broker because a lot of insurance brokers and some lenders are actually denying coverage uh, in the area that is affected by the wildfire, which is wild to think that, you know, the whole purpose of insurance is to cover you in the off chance that you have a wildfire like this. Mm -hmm. And uh, now they're saying, oh, it happened. Guess we can't cover that anymore. No, I appreciate so, you bringing that up. I actually want to add one little wrinkle to that, which I that that person shared in that video, which this was the one that surprised me the most was it wasn't, it wasn't specific to the area of the wildfire. Is there anywhere within 50 kilometers of the wildfire? So pretty much anywhere in the HRM, if you're trying to purchase right now, the insurance is not going to, you're not, they're not doing renewals right now. They're not, um, well, at least what this realtor said, they're not doing renewals right now and not doing any new policies. Yeah. At, within 50 kilometers of the radius of the wildfires, which is bonkers. Yeah. So if anybody who's listening is in the insurance industry and has a correction for that, definitely let us know because that's, that's key information. I know that we just closed on our house two weeks ago and <laughs> that was one of the things, cause I, I live now in the Hubley area. So we were about five kilometers away from the fire and uh, we were like looking through our bathroom window at the flames on the hill. Like it was really scary where we were just like, Oh my God, we just bought a house, moved all of our possessions, pet everything in here. And it's like, yeah, the thought of like it all just burning up was like really sickening. So we had a really stressful week. And, uh, so it can, uh, I can imagine the fraction of what some of those people were going through in, in Tentalan. But, uh, yeah, if we had not closed before this fire, like we would have been, we would have been screwed. So mm -hmm. just, uh, yeah, something to keep, keep mind of and uh, definitely reach out to your to your team who's helping with your your home purchase absolutely check in and be 
forceful <laughs> to be able to get answers. Don't don't settle for it. Oh, well, maybe we'll, we'll see. Assertive. Yeah. No. Break down the doors, baby. Let's <laughs> go. No, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, you know, it's it's your life. You know, it's not their life. So it's important for you know, n- no one's going to care about you unless you do. Um, so do your best to kind of similar to how you should navigate our, our emergency care system here in the, in the province. You know, advocate for yourself as best you can. Yeah, so. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but there are some people that were doing a little too much advocacy for themselves. It <laughs> 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 would jump into that one. Oh, it, uh, yeah. So that literally, this is there's no article associated with the one. It's just interesting. Um, so we'll, we'll open the debate up. I'll be curious to hear what our listeners have to say about this one. Um, so obviously, people are still traumatized after what happened during the pandemic and government telling you what to do. Um, so obviously during these fires, the, you know, Tim Houston came out and the mayor, Mike Savage said, you know, no, no hiking, no camping, no fishing, no fishing, no fires, nothing. Stay out of the woods. Yeah. And no, and no fire. Like you can't even have a fire on your property. Nothing like you, everything's off limits right now. And so there are some who obviously that kind of triggered them. It's like, oh, the government's trying to tell me again what to do. Well, guess what? I don't have fire anyway. Screw off. And I'm going to do what I want. So this kind of opens up the conversation again, which is an interesting debate of like government telling us what to do. And where, what, what do you do in that? that Where's scenario? the line? Where's the yeah. line? And I'll kind of, I'll, I'll dress it the way I view it. And then you can kind of respond. Yeah, for sure. Is... When it came to the pandemic, I very much understand where people are coming from on it. It got to the point where you, you're you dealing with something you can't see and fully understand. You don't really understand, you know, virology. Uh, and then the experts you're supposed to trust, I put that in quotes, are coming out and flip-flopping every other week of what's happening and what's actually issue, the issue. And then you start realizing that, uh, then you st- start seeing some things the government's doing. You're just like, Ugh. I don't really feel like you're caring about people at that point anymore. It feels just kind of you're controlling now. And so that happened. And so there's just a lot of uncertainty around things you can't see. When it came to the fires, however, there's fires in multiple points in the province. We see fire in the air, smoke in the air. You can smell the smoke, even if up to 100 kilometers away. The smoke went as far as the Carolinas, from what I saw. Mm-hmm. It was a big fire. And here in Nova Scotia, in multiple parts of the province, you can see what's going on. You can understand that maybe, I guess, in some ways, this is going to sound drastic, but in some ways, it's like it's almost like we're under attack. In some ways, like there's a lot going on, even by if it's by nature, there's just lots going on, destruction happening. I think it's best, you know, things are dry. Probably shouldn't set any more fires until we get everything under control. But there's still someone's like, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to have a fire anyways. What are your thoughts on this, Reg? Well, I think you kind of like, you touched on it really well there where it's like with, oh, (laughs) with the virus, um, basically it was one of those things where we didn't understand it fully. And so where we didn't understand how to prepare for it, how to treat it, how to attack it, how to avoid it. We just, we didn't know what we didn't know even at times. Um, so there was a lot of uncertainty around even just like what to do. And then you had very asinine things that people were putting out there, like the arrows in a Walmart, like that is, you know, you have to follow the arrows because otherwise you're spreading COVID. It was like, this is ridiculous. Or some of the things like, um, 
like you can only have your household like together and like those things. I like, I understand how population spread works. I've worked in healthcare, but you know, all the healthcare workers were the worst offenders of that because everybody was so burnt out that they just needed that connection with each other to to even just kind of um, stay sane. So there was like many times where people were gathered outside in a backyard, um, just hanging around and nobody got COVID. It was just, so I, th I think what people are traumatized by stupid rules that don't make sense and that actually have nothing to do with, with the spread of the, the pathogens. So when they saw that and they said, okay, here's a rule that makes sense and here's five that don't, they don't follow any of them, right? And so then when they look at the fire, they go, well, we had all these stupid rules before. The government's just trying to control us. Um, exactly like you said, I'm just going to have my own fire. It's like, we know how fire works. We, knows that, or we know that when uh, things get dry, that they are a potential for burn. We've known that for time in memoriam, like millennia, the caveman with the stick, like, you know, making fire. And uh, we also know that like, that we were a tinderbox for fire right now. Like they were working on the Wagwaltic and just a spark from the construction set off a fire and burnt the place to the ground. There was another fire in downtown Halifax, same thing, construction just burnt um, the roof off of the building. There were little fires all around the province just because it was so, so insanely dry. And so it's very clear, very easy. Don't light fires when everything around you is dry. It'd be like putting that person in a room full of gasoline and saying, do you want to light a match? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So I, like I said, I think it really comes back to what you said about people just being traumatized by stupid rules and then just applying that same logic to everything, even when it does make sense. And there was a lot of people who were upset. They were like, why can't I hike in a public park and why can't I fish in, in a, a public park and all this stuff? Like that has nothing to do with the fire. You're right. But one of the other things they talked about, they said that the emergency crews that would have to come rescue you, God forbid something happens, are so overwhelmed by this fire right now that they don't have the manpower to come get you if something goes wrong. And we know that there's people who get into trouble in the woods and uh, not to say that's everybody, but it, it just made sense. And then as soon as we got the rain, they said, okay, you know, back in the woods you go. <laughs> if you really want to go fishing, hunting, or, or uh, camping, all the power to you now. Less than a week. Yeah, like matter of a couple of days. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, you know, the fire crews are actually getting a break. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I, that's what I actually really appreciate the government, uh, like the government that we have now where they're just like, okay, we're doing a thing. Here's why now we're going to reverse it when it makes sense to do so. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think it was one of those scenarios where, you know, you can, you said like, it's like, this is one of the scenarios where a plus b really does equal c yeah like there's no there's no <laughs> tricks here like just like use some common sense like there are some big factors at play let's do our best to not add to the chaos and that's as you said like we have had uh our emergency services were stretched enough thin as it was yeah they had people coming up from costa rica to help fight fight this fire like that's how out of control this these two fires i should say have been so it's like <laughs> don't light a fire <laughs> but it, it is it's all about the complexity too of the situation it's very simple you know dry arid property plus ignition source equals 
out of control forest fire. Whereas it's like potentially coughing person. Is it allergies? I don't know. <laughs> um, should we be wearing a mask? I don't know. They've got a vaccine. Like there's so much complexity around COVID that like, and so many different rules around COVID about where you could go, where you couldn't go, who you could go with, who you couldn't go with, where you could shop, where you couldn't shop. Like it was just, it was so much. Whereas this is so simple. <laughs> yeah. You can see it. What's going on. It's ugly. Just let's chill for a second. Yeah. So either way it's over for now. I'm happy to see it. Yeah. But well, I'm just, my heart goes out to all the people who like lost everything. Like there's one lady, she was, uh, being interviewed by the CPC and she's like, we were away from our home so we couldn't go back in. And she's like, our pets were inside. Jeez. And it's just like, that's horrific. That just like makes you sick to your stomach. Mm -hmm. So luckily no loss of human life, but definitely people who've lost, like you said, memories, um, different things that are important to them, especially them. Then the houses themselves, their shelter, and then parts of their family, like their pets. So, yeah. Yeah. I had the, uh, the pleasure of talking uh, with a volunteer firefighter and who was fighting um, the Tantalon fire the first night mm -hmm. and how spooky it was. He said he's been, he's been into multiple burning buildings, multiple homes burning to the ground, but he was never more scared than that night when he was fighting in the forest only because they were, there was one house that was burned up mm -hmm. and it was coming up on a second property. And so they were trying to fight the fire back from that to con from consume that second property and so there was no fire on that second property at all. It was just kind of mainly kind of consuming the first one. And so they're kind of fighting it. And then all of a sudden, tree behind them goes up automatically. Yeah. And one, another one goes up. Boom. And just like he's, the fire's not even touching, but it's just igniting over here. That's crazy. And it's the heat. It was crazy, right? Yeah. And so it got to the point where it was, became so consuming and it got so hot. They had to just cut their hose and run and get out. That's how bad it got. Yeah. So. Sheesh. Well, I got in the car on uh, the Sunday when it first started. It was 33 degrees, right? So oh, yeah, it, was hot day. it was very, very hot. So you've already got everything already at that hot temperature. Then you add fire next to it. Like combustion is just those atoms reaching a certain temperature and going up, right? And reacting. So that's what's happening around you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with the, all that going on, now that it's kind of, you know, dealing with itself at this point. Well, the rain has come, chilling everything out. Now we got Tim Houston's now got to focus his energy back on all the stuff that's going on with the support staff here at the schools. Uh, to those who don't understand what's going on, uh, we have support staff in the schools here in Nova Scotia. I'm sorry, I should say the HRM, um, who are without a contract. And now what allowed, essentially, there was some benefit uh, for the Houston government uh, for these forest fires that they can not hear about it for a bit. Um, but now that things are being handled, there's, they need to come back to the table and have some conversations. And so it has been interesting kind of seeing the, I guess the, the back and forth, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you have heard a lot from what's <laughs> been going on. It's been interesting kind of seeing some of these TikToks going on and people yeah. really trying to paint Houston a specific way. And, and, and obviously you're, you're negotiating. You want what you want. So oh, yeah. obviously you're going to get, you know, I get it. You got to fight for what you want. And, uh, but they, yeah, it's the, so there's some posts have been going up. They've been painting Houston a specific way. Well, even, even the ones that were not even painting Houston, like just some of the ones where people are like on there in tears. And it, mm. it's funny, just like a person I indirectly know, just, you know, on there 
actually, like I said, in full tears about, about this. Mm-hmm. It's like it, emotions are high. So you're going to start to see some of these uh, less savory <laughs> comments come out. Totally. So, so like, I don't know what, from your perspective, the whole situation is, uh, as matter of fact, as you can give it, what are you seeing? Uh, I'm seeing a government looking at our finances and going, I don't know how we're going to pay for this. Um, saying we understand that you need a new contract and that it's high time that we get, get you one, but we just can't give you what you're asking for because we just don't have the financial backing to, to cover that. And then people going, well, the quality or the, our cost of life has gone up sky high. We need this just to maintain some semblance of quality of life. And so there's no wrong person in this scenario at all. Uh, it's just, you're, you're between a rock and a hard place, right? You've got the government who is trying to pull money and now they have to spend money on, on the aid for, for the wildfires and which was something they didn't account for. And all the firefighters and, and uh, individuals that, you know, were paid to, to fight this fire. And then you have these individuals who are like very deserving of a raise and of, of what they're asking for. So yeah, it's just, another lose-lose situation <laughs> if we had more money if we had you know some kind of way to bring in money then it would be a completely different conversation but i know that the government right now is looking at the books going how are we going to make this work i don't know if we can make this work and another tax increase is just not going to work for the province Yeah, 100 percent hard no never i don't care figure it out yeah what we got we get tax enough figure it out uh, we've got an influx. Apparently, we're at a we're at a million people in the province. You know, who are paying some of the highest taxes in the country. Like the highest taxes, aren't we? I, I think we're second to Quebec. Oh, really? I thought we were like third. Oh, okay. Who like, would? I thought because I thought it was like the Northwest Territories up there were paying some. Oh, taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't even count the territories. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a fair one. But yeah, but yeah, but yeah we're definitely some of the highest in the country. Yeah. So. It's, you know, been years of governments, whether it be liberal, conservative, NDP, or just mismanaged funds, period. Um, and uh, the, the solution's always been just increased taxes, find ways to tax. And so I'm at the, we're at the point now, especially the way things are going uh, on a global economic perspective, tax increases just aren't the plan, especially with the increase in the carbon tax and that coming down the pipe and people getting fired up about that. Increasing taxes aren't, aren't an option. But as you said, provincial governments don't have access to the money printer. So you can't print money, which in my mind is still theft. Uh, so <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? You you go kiss the, the ring of, you know, Ottawa oh. and ask for, ask for money. And that's also not an option because you've been torching Ottawa <laughs> <laughs> every chance you've had at this point. I mean, he has, but rightfully so though. Mm-hmm. I mean, half the time when I'm listening to it, I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Like he's mad at how Ottawa's kind of just kind of turned a blind eye to us and, uh, you know, can spend millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in different and stupid ways. <laughs> But then actually providing money to the provinces. I know that a while back, all the provinces uh, actually got together to go to Ottawa and actually demand for more healthcare spending. And that was the only way that they got it was just because they had to create that unified front. But yeah, that's, 
Yeah, that's kind of the way that I kind of see it happening is that they're just going to have to go back to Ottawa and say like, listen, we we need more in our transfer to to be able to support the things and then probably using things like um, the Hurricane Fiona and then the wildfires as kind of like not leverage, but as like examples of why we need more funding. So trying to use that tragedy or tragedies to to kind of bolster the the coffers. You know what's going to happen though. I, n- I know exactly how those negotiations are going to go. Houston's going to pull that. If he does, I think it it would not be wise of him to pull that card. Here's why. Because what's going to happen is like, well, look what's happened with Fiona, what's happening with these wildfires. And Trio's going to be like, well, you shouldn't have been poo-pooing my carbon tax, <laughs> dude. If we're trying, to help the, we're trying to help the environment out here. And so with you kind of being against it, either you're going to be for the carbon tax, we're going to give you money. Or we're not going to give you anything. Yeah, that's true. I could see that happening. Well, how much do you want to bet that that's what's going to happen with Alberta? Like mm-hmm. the Albertan wildfires are just insane. Yeah. I can't remember how many there are now, but I think they dip below 100, then they went back up above 100. And it's just, you know, the amount of hectares that they've lost of forest just to, just to fires has been nuts. I have a friend who lives in Calgary and he was just talking about like, the fires up north just completely choking out Calgary really? just with the smoke. Gee. So, but yeah, I wonder how that's going to play out, mm-hmm. especially with their new election that they've just, <laughs> yeah, which we'll get it. We'll get into that yeah. on Thursday, but yeah, it's it, the, the politics going on, like that's the only way is to get more money is to go to the, your federal government at this point, mm-hmm. which again, it's, as you said, you're between a rock and a hard place. There's nothing easy. We're in a, we're in a tough system right now. We're in, we've got some tough problems. So we you know we're looking at, the, so this is what Houston's dealing with. The Houston government's dealing with. I can, I, to, to a degree, I get it. But like, let's pull up this, um, uh, oh, actually I don't I only got one of them. There's a TikTok we got here, which will be the remember 2025. That, um, this was Tim Houston's trying to do obviously what politicians always do, try to get their uh, their camera or sorry, the camera time in front of all these beautiful children at a school and then they start chanting. Oh good. So there's a couple things about this video that cracks me up. First off, those who are just listening, uh, so is Tim Houston trying to set up for this, this, him doing one of his videos in front of these kids, and then they start chanting, raise our salaries. <laughs> Probably, okay, I'll focus standpoint. So, and he all he does is like, he just kind of waves the camera, he's like, I'll oh, cut this, we're gone. He hops in his Volkswagen and pieces out. The funniest part about it, though, is it's like, it, it, the funny thing I find these kids are chanting this but then you see like multiple teachers in front of them being like getting them yeah. going it's like hmm, i wonder who came up with that chant yeah <laughs> you know so yeah little kids aren't getting paid like come on <laughs> raise, our raise salaries. our salaries shut up kid like <laughs> go eat your lunchables <laughs> have a kick cat yeah yeah it was like that that's the part that cracked me up the most about that video was like a bunch of children chanting raise our salaries <laughs> yeah and it's like why aren't those kids in class because mm. it's the support workers it's not the teachers themselves right? correct yeah 
So I don't know. We don't know. There's not enough context to that video, but I love the like title of like, like a coward runs yeah. away. It's like, what is he supposed to do? I don't know if anybody who's listening to this has kids, but when they're riled up, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> like you do just have to like, okay, let this play out and just take a break. <laughs> totally. Well, there was another video, which I, I didn't link my bad, um, but he was having a conversation with some of the support workers and one of the support workers had a special needs kid with her and she the support worker pretty much said like pointed to the special needs child and says why doesn't he matter to you and, oh. the, <laughs> and i was like oh she pulled that one yeah and then i'll i'll credit oh man i hate credit politicians but here we out here i'll give credit to him he's just like he just like piped right back he's like that's not a fair comment you can make to me like, yeah on, really i do care worse in a tough spot right now yeah it was an interesting conversation but again it was like another post made about him trying to frame him in a specific way the issue with nova scotians in general when they don't understand culture war issues is they suck at framing their videos <laughs> <laughs> you're really trying to get them there's other ways to do it that's not the way it's yeah just, it's just it's not going to move public opinion in your favor anymore uh, when you post stuff like that yeah i'm not a fan of clipping people out of context there's ways to do it Obviously, I I take make TikToks all the time. I'm not going to tell you how to do it because I disagree <laughs> with it. But that's not the way. If you're trying to clip people out of context, that's not the way to do it. If you're trying to sway public opinion, it's not a way to do it. But yeah, yeah. no, I I just I, I I do. I really I have not been impressed by a politician in a long time, and I have been impressed by him. Mm. And so that this is completely right. Is like, how is that a fair question? It's like, if I had the money to, to help you out, I totally would like look at my track record kind of thing. It's like, I'm not out here trying to, you know, ruin everybody's day. We just don't have any money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell me that's the, where you fire the question back. It's like, tell me where the money comes from. Mm. Print it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think a lot what sometimes the conversation comes down to is where like you know obviously he's been very vocal about like we're gonna put all this money into healthcare, you mm -hmm. know and it's like as a support worker it doesn't look great on you or it's like no you're gonna pull let's pull it from healthcare and give it to me it's like <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's kind of the whole problem with everything right is that everything is so interconnected um it's like okay well if you have a support worker working with children with special needs like is that not a form of healthcare? like you know mm -hmm. what i mean you're you're caring for these kids um so it's just it's it's hard right because then you've got specific budgets for different departments mm -hmm. so it's like do you just like that you're say sorry we have no more culture and heritage spending it's all going to go to to something else and right. so then you're like okay well then people's quality of life are going to suck for that year you know it's just like all those questions um and it's like not only are you doing a one-time payout to these people you're paying their salaries increased over time now so that's something you would then have to maintain year over year. So even if you had it in your bank account to like boost them up for the year, you still have to continue in that and maintain that over time. Yeah. So it's just, it's hard, but you're totally right. Like how bad does that look when you're like, we've just, you know, doubled the healthcare spending, but yeah, we can't, uh, can't afford to help out the school system. And it's interesting because I was listening to another individual speaking, um, he was the director of the Harvard um, Longitudinal Study on Quality of Life. And he said that one of the most important investments you can make 
in a population is in children, you know, from zero to five. They said, pour the most amount of money into your population there. They said, don't worry about this is where it was kind of like, uh, people would be <laughs> not upset or be pretty upset about what he said, but he was like, don't worry about people in their older, older years. You know, their, their fate has been sealed basically. And so in the sense that like all of the actions you've taken over life is going to determine how long you live and that, you know, putting money into longevity when you're at that age is just kind of like not a good use of funds from a public health perspective. Mm. But what he was saying was that the best outcomes that they've seen over time come from a direct investment into populations when they're between the age of zero and five. And so when you look at this, you're like, Ooh. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, this is where we do need to actually spend our money. Right. And so you're right. You just have to find it. You have to find it somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was talking to an Excel worker um, and those people kind of essentially they work within the school system, but they kind of deal with the, like the before and after school programs and mm -hmm. kind of handling um, those scenarios. And so a lot of them, they've continued working through this process and the tension between Excel workers and the support staff has been fun to watch too. Oh yeah. Oh gee. Calling them a bunch of scabs. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it would be spicy. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, especially, especially in, uh, yeah, Nova Scotia, man, people love talking about each other. So it's a fun time. I think that's anywhere. It's nope. just, we're small enough. No, nope. it, it, you hear it more. Nope. Okay. Call me Roy Kent. No. So. Why was that? Tell me why. Uh, I think big, big problem is sure. People talk about each other. It happens, but it happens more in a smaller community because there's less to do. That's what I said. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I said, I said, you hear it here more because we're smaller. Yeah. You can give me a reason. <laughs> give me a reason. It's like, cause we're smaller. Why? There's a lot of reasons we could go. Yeah. Think about small town versus big city. Yeah. Everybody knows when the other person wipes their butt. Like, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's annoying. So. Yeah. So, regardless. We're saying the same thing, but I'm going to say we aren't. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm here for division. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Well, diversity is our strength. Oh, sh shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I actually do believe that sort of. No, no I'm just kidding. I do believe that. <laughs> no one's going to know what I actually believe now. Yeah. Let's go. We're here for it. So, uh. Yeah, dude. So that's kind of where, where things are, are lying at this point here in the province. And if you want to hear what we're going to have to say about what's going on nationally, tune in on Thursday. We'll be hitting in all the national issues, especially with Jagmeet turning on Trudeau, with Danielle Smith winning the majority over in Alberta. Mm -hmm. We got some big things to talk about on Thursday. So we'll see you guys yeah. all over there then. Can we steal a quick moment to talk about those goggles from Apple? Oh, absolutely. Yes, please. Oh, man. I always find like we need a fun segment in this <laughs> just because like <laughs> I was saying earlier, like if you focus on too much of the negative, you just you just want to go die somewhere like it's it's not fun. But these um, new products coming out of Apple, they just released today. They're wild. And I'm just the like Vision Pro. I know. And I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, ooh, I kind of want one. Oh, really? <laughs> Like I'm looking pretty tired um, because I recently just downloaded a, a new video game and I'm not a gamer at all. Like not even in the slightest. What is it? It's called No Man's Sky. Okay. Yeah. So they just released it for Mac and I'm a, I'm an Apple boy. Oh. And so, gosh. oh yeah, shut up with your <laughs> <laughs> MacBook over here. Uh, anyway, so I've been playing that a lot. So then when I saw this, like this game come out or not, sorry, the game, the, 
the uh, Vision Pro come out, I was like, ooh, <laughs> imagine. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll get into the business side of things a little bit, which I find interesting. Things that Apple now is obviously their makeup as a company has changed over time. They used to be the innovators. Mm-hmm. Those are always out front trying new things. And now they're the, we'll come to the market last, but we'll come with something really cool when we're last. So they're like the last one of the party when it comes to VR headsets. Yeah. But it's a well thought out VR headset. Yeah. And yeah, just like, I guess give people the idea, like, you know, you've seen the Oculus and like Facebook's headsets, whatever, like, you know, you put the box on your face and then you're kind of in your world doing your thing, right? The thing I thought was interesting with the VR headset that Apple came out with was the fact that you can kind of tune in and out of the world. So like, yeah. Well, it's AR versus VR, right? Yeah. Which is the coolest thing is that they are able to do both. Whereas these VR headsets are just VR. Yeah, I know that like, I think it's the Oculus like kind of has a little bit where it will, you look through it and uh, it gives you like a blurry grayed out version of what's around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know this because my, my brother got one and we were having a lot of fun with that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, this is a game changer. This is really cool. And I was mm-hmm. like, ooh. And I also noticed that their marketing kind of changed a little bit. If you watch like the whole keynote, um, they go through all the different products that they're releasing and the price points, they actually dropped them from normal price points. And they, they made um, specific intention to mention that too. They're like, this brand new MacBook is, you know, a hundred dollars cheaper than what a brand new MacBook would have been last year. And so it's funny because Apple's strategy has always been, you know, high quality goods at a premium price and you're paying this premium um, because of the quality. And so if they're dropping the price, I wonder if they're trying to to kind of reach into the market and say, like, we know times are tough kind of thing, but like, you really want this shiny thing and we've made it cheaper. So mm-hmm. I, I disagree. You disagree? Yeah. I think it's mainly to get focused on the VR headset itself. Oh, okay. So what I've understood about it from at least a tech perspective is it's almost, almost, it's, I guess, an ex- I would consider an accessory to your experience on a computer. Yeah. Uh, if you saw it, like you can kind of flip your desktop computer onto it. You can kind of mm-hmm. put all these things up. You can use essentially your keyboard on things. And then you're using just, there's no controller. It's just, you use your hands to like I know. move things around, which is kind of cool. Um, and I think that's kind of an, what they're going to look to focus and push people into the VR headset, which is at a premium price. That's yeah. $3,500. Oh, yeah. It's expensive. Um, so I think what they're doing is they're dropping the price to make, I, I would still agree, like to make it look like, hey, we're trying to like, you know, link back into reality you know times are tough i agree with that but i think it's they can afford to because i think they're trying to push people into like the more expensive vr headset that's going to get everyone excited which was the pinnacle crown jewel of the whole presentation yeah and you know there are people with means are going to buy it <laughs> and people without means are still probably going to buy it they're just going to buy it on credit they're going to sell their scotia bank <laughs> stock <laughs> No, we ain't got any of that left. <laughs> oh, true, because they wouldn't let you buy crypto with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool, and I think that will be interesting to watch, um, like TikTok, when you see all of the influencers get their their headset and and what the narrative will be coming out of that. Like, it's amazing. It's so cool. Anybody who's anybody has one. Like, it's gonna be almost like a wealth status. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm, I'm I'm personally still not bought into it. Um, I'll have to try it out. I think it's really cool. Uh, I I like it a lot. 
I don't like the price point, (laughs) but, uh, I do, I think we had mentioned like before the show, just kind of that one flaw that I thought that I really didn't like. They kind of mentioned in the, uh, the keynote about, uh, being able to FaceTime your, your relatives. Um, and so one of the things that they kind of talked about was, you know, when you see the person, you're going to be able to see them as if they're standing in the room next to you. And I was like, that's amazing. But are you going to see them with another one of these headsets on? And uh, they're like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to create a digital version of yourself and a digital version of them. And you're going to have these digital avatars basically speaking as if it's you. I was like, that's so creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. That was the one thing they kept bringing up. Like they were pushing the FaceTime thing on the Yeah. And I was like, okay, where are they going with this? Because the question that kept coming back, it's like, yeah, you can push all these three different people on a call on the various points and then you look at them the, they can see you and you can hear it like they have spatial audio with it so their voice is on this side of the room you're in you can hear it from your right here and left like that whole thing they're going through it the whole time i was yelling at my computer man i was like how do they see you though this is ridiculous and they wouldn't answer wouldn't answer until it got to the end i was like well you got the an emoji it's <laughs> 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 like great um i but from what I saw, though, the idea was that they want to make it as realistic to you as humanly possible. Yeah. And so then I'm like, how creepy is that going to be if somebody hacks into your um, your Vision Pro, adapts your like you know avatar, and then talks to like somebody as if it's you? Like, next step too with the crazy things that have happened in 2023, they they use AI to mimic your voice. Yeah. G G. <laughs> It's over. Yeah, you want so. to talk about, you know, phishing and, and mm-hmm. scams. With oh a my pH. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's 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 getting real. And phishing scams, I'll go back to the last point I want to make about that, is you have to be very cautious. Like, we kind of traditionally know phishing scams is like, oh, it's clearly, you know, another Nigerian prince got me. <laughs> um, but, like, they've there, there's been, we're dealing with phishing scams at work lately a lot. And they are getting very intricate, even mm-hmm. to the point where I'm I'm a designer. I'm always looking for details, very small details that give away, like it being a scam. And there's been times like these emails come through. I'm like, oh, this looks, if you didn't look at the email. Yeah. I'm like, this looks very, very convincing. Yeah. There was one I got, I think just two days ago. And uh, it was like, hey, I don't know if you're busy working on a project right now, but I really need you to just do something real quick. Can you um, send me a message? And I was like, oh, wow. Like, that was really good until you read the top. And it's like executive director at <laughs> like 123protonmail.com kind yeah. of thing. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, this is obviously fake. But for a moment there, if you're tired and you've been burning the candle at both ends, man. yeah, it's, it's hard to tell sometimes. Absolutely. It's difficult, man. So keep your eyes out out there. Um, but, you know, I guess uh, go ahead and get your VR headset. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to change the way you play video games. That's for sure. True. It's and other stuff maybe <laughs> yeah that's what all the comments had underneath the youtube clip of, of it did. and i was like "Ooh, <laughs> awkward yeah i the oh yeah that was the, sorry one last point with the vr headset <laughs> is the reason why i'm not bought into it until i try it is because most vr headsets i just don't find very realistic mm-hmm. um and so we'll see what it, like they made the videos look really cool oh, what yeah. it's gonna look like um, I'd be here to the actual experiences, like when they're trying to combine essentially your left and your right eye, making it feel like it's one yeah. immersive experience. I'd be curious to see. 
if, if they can make it like it's, I feel like I'm in an IMAX theater, then we can talk. Yeah. Let's go. The Global Dome at the Science Center. <laughs> it's a good time over there, guys. Whatever. So whatever it is you're doing, whether you be trying on a new VR headset. Or hustling your elected officials. Oh, or just trying your best to live a good life. Whatever it is you're doing, wherever you are, we love you. We're out. Peace. Peace.